0: Welcome in, and welcome to Polymuse, an experience that takes a deep dive through the discographies of the artists that changed our lives. I'm Michael, the cool cousin that buys you the great birthday presents, and this is the cuz.
1: My name's Ben. I am the cousin. I like to receive a great birthday present. I will give a great birthday present once in a while. I give a great Christmas present, but I'm the cousin who takes you also on the dive of Polymuse, however Michael described it however we're describing it this week. It's, it's the <laughs> podcast with me and, and him, and we do this, and we explain things to you, and that's how we do it.
0: Each episode, we take a different track for a spin as we break down each project and System of a Down's catalog this season. We tackle the album backstory, instrumentals, lyrics, impact, nostalgia, and we also try to hit some of the pop culture highlights to kind of set the stage for that time period. Each song is then ranked on a tier list, A through F, We also give 14 tracks, our S tier, the highest honor, and the candidate for our all-time System of a Down mix CD. Mix
1: CD's looking pretty juicy so far. We got through the first System of a Down album, so we're still sorting through their discography to find those other greatest tracks to bring out those playlists will be published on spotify eventually at the end of season two for our final grades but here we're in the thick of it we're in the middle here sophomore album probably the most well-known system of a down album probably the most iconic cover art of a system of a down album and lot of great music on here guys so strap in for toxicity
0: system of a downs 1998 self-titled debut album drew mixed reviews but their unique sound was undeniable pressure to avoid a disappointing sophomore album loomed over the group as they started recording after tour in 2000 fights broke out in rehearsals that sent band members to the emergency room for stitches disagreements over specific word choices specifically the track needles and whom should be pulling what out of their ass didn't cause lasting damage to the close-knit group but caused tension and tense moments in recording about 35 tracks are approximated to have been recorded before hitting the final 14. the final product was an album that was aggressive and high energy toxicity criticized the u.s prison system police brutality government control the environment and political agendas while continuing to question organized religion the meaning of life and death addiction and occasionally nonsense as continued system themes. Elements of new metal, rock, folk, Armenian and Greek themes, and screamo with varied vocals accumulated in a masterpiece. It wasn't without controversy, with subject matter involving Charles Manson and sensitive lyrical content post 9-11. The first single release, Chop Suey, was released August 13th, 2001. Toxicity, the album, was released September 4th, 2001, One week before 9-11, Chapsui was pulled for most radio stations due to sensitive lyrical content. Tracks Jet Pilot and ATWA were pulled as well due to sensitive content. Peaking at number one on Billboard's 200, the albums made dozens of lists by top publications, such as The Observer's Top 50 Album of the Decade at number 34, Rolling Stone's 100 Best Albums of the Decade at number 44, and The Guardian's 1,000 Best Albums to Hear Before You Die list in 2007. So Ben, what are your
1: great write-up, Man, You took all the words right out of my mouth. Those were my exact thoughts about toxicity. We can just uh, move on from, from that topic. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a great album. Everything you said is true. That is a good little encapsulation there of of kind of what it meant at the time and what it still means now and how important of an album it was. There are a lot of influences in there. It is kind of like the chapter two of the first album. It's not really that different, but it's much more refined, much more professional, more better songwriting, definitely overall.
0: Yeah, it certainly took them a long time to get their first album out as a full project, thanks to, uh, you know, Rick Rubin signing them and his assistants finally getting a deal there. So they really came through on this project, considering how much pressure there was to not fail and not fall flat on their faces here. And it's, it's just amazing that it's became such a a staple piece in the genre
1: that the second one's better yeah yeah that's a good point a lot of bands will take years to write their first album and it's the best 20 songs that they've refined on stage all over the country then the label comes to them and says okay write another one and they say well it took us 10 years to write the first one we can't just write so yeah for the sophomore album to be To surpass the first album when we know that the first album kind of was like a clearinghouse of a lot of their ideas that they already had at the time. For them to be able to turn around and write a whole second set of music that's even better than what they had been workshopping on the stage and with Rick Rubin, that's true high caliber songwriting and musicianship. And then, like you said, they worked on quite a few, at least double the number of songs, if not more, which is really how you got to do it and, and whittle it down to the best songs. And we'll tackle that much later on the Steal This album. That's a very future shout out here, but that will come up not too many episodes from now. We'll have the second half of the Toxicity (laughs) sessions. That's a totally different discussion. So
0: we did have three singles. Chop Suey, as I mentioned, came out a month before the actual album release. Toxicity came out much later, January 2nd of 2001. So five, six months later. Ariel's June 11th, 2002. Almost... Uh, what's that? A year later? Not quite a year later. Nine months later, just because of you know nine eleven around that time. And all three also had music videos. So those are the three singles and music videos associated with that project.
1: And I do specifically remember System of a Down being mentioned among artists whose whose records were getting pulled from the radio. And we'll probably mention that as we get to those singles and just how. Th- I mean, you still hear those on the radio, and you did hear them at the time. But that is part of their the legacy of this album, just because of the time period. Also. The subject matter as well it did kind of coincide so that is an interesting interesting right. piece of history there where you know if your band is getting banned on the radio i think <laughs> you're doing something right like you you've got something some kind of fire some kind of message that is scaring the right the right people, maybe. So that's hopefully they wear that as a badge of honor, but we will tackle many of the other nostalgia and censorship and lyrical, instrumental, all the issues, everything about this album as we go along. We're gonna do track by track. Prison Song is a terrific <laughs> yeah. song. This song is like an album's worth of ideas in one song there's so much to love about this if system had only done one song and it was prison song they would still be we would still be doing a 10-hour system of a down podcast somehow (laughs) Yeah. just talking about this one record
0: this very much tackles politics the prison system It's very unique in how we're whispering facts right into the song statistics. That's a very unique characteristic, but very you know System of a Down. Of course, they'd find a way to kind of create a song structure around almost a teaching. So it's very cool what they're able to do vocally and basically in the writing of this track. Variations, you know, we have variations of what we're able to do instrumentally. This is this is what you want out of a System of a Down song when you think of System of a Down. This is the full package.
1: That's what I'm saying. This
0: is also one of the first songs that I really remember listening to for System of a Down. One of the first songs that I remember downloading or in the first batch of songs I remember listening to and and having and thinking, wow, this is a unique band. And this was right in that perfect embodiment of the group, I think, too.
1: Yeah, dude, just the vocals, the screams, the whispers, the talking vocals. I do believe you have shavo and darren also doing vocals on this with surge doing the different growls and the different call and response that's when you really get into the really good system of a down where they've got different characters where they're able to they just show the utter insanity of the characters that they're singing about by going back and forth between the two moods getting the different vocalists in there and then yeah the the talking spoken word parts the whispering parts the riff is phenomenal just the way that it chops and for that to be the first song on the album where it just starts cold like that and there's so much silence in there (laughs) i was working at a warehouse and we would play heavy metal and hip-hop all kinds of crazy stuff all the time like just blast music the whole time we were working and when prison song would come on everyone would just like look around them like make eye contact (laughs) and then we would all try to anticipate like because there's the silence and we would look yeah. at each other and just start headbanging. And then during this trying to build the prison. It would get it gets you in a mood when it's out of high volume like that. To have it go from such loud to silence. It's creepy. This is the creepy stuff. This is yeah. it's cinematic. And it works on so many levels. The the political messaging and just explaining situations like the Iran Contra situation or these different things around the world where you've got the government funding different drug operations in different countries and it's a lot to digest and swallow and I think it's a cool idea for them to just cram a bunch of statistics and information just to get you thinking about some of this stuff or questioning some of this stuff and there are no other mainstream records, possibly before or since, that attack the prison industrial complex as a concept, (laughs) like as a, they're talking about, you know, challenging huge parts of society, and you don't hear that on pop radio, but you did. when. When Prison Song is the first song on a platinum selling album. That's that's they're crossing the streams a little bit. That's yeah. maybe maybe some of the most out there anarchist punk rock whatever <laughs> you want to call it ideas ever put. It's an aggressive record too and it's, it's
0: quite an opener. It's quite an opener for your for your second album. And we do have like the death metal scream like you said mixed in with the the dead silence. And, the, you know, the whispering to the screaming, it's it's just a wild a range. And it does open, like you stated, with uh, the very sensitive subject of the prison system and, and prison reform. It starts off with how Nixon was using anti-drug movements to target minorities and get them locked up and how the prison system was basically used not to, you know, really crack down on crime, but to help eliminate minorities and kind of get political opponents out of the way and then it expands from that out of the first verse just very controversial subjects and it really moves into different areas and yeah tackles different subjects and governments and questions why we're We're doing different things, and what's the real motive for those objectives?
1: And you know there's kids who had never considered any type of non-mainstream, semi-radical, or otherwise political opinion at all. Like, There's people who this was their only exposure to questioning Anything. I mean, you put this up against other music that was coming out at the time or other, even other heavy metal. Like there's heavy metal that's about depression, that's about religion, that's about drugs, that's there is, and even politics here and there. But for how mainstream this is and for how much they want you to look at society differently than the mainstream opinion of society wants you to look at it it's just it's just incredible it's an incredible achievement because their talent is undeniable the writing is just so incredible and even for we've said it before even for a non-metal fan People can enjoy System of a Down because the writing and the performance is so good. It's just the perfect package. It's the only way to get a message like that across. You have to be so good that you're just undeniable that you're still on every platform, even if you're trying to tear down the very system that's promoting you to, to stardom.
0: Minor drug offenders fill your prisons, you don't even flinch. All our taxes paying for your wars against the new non-rich. Minor drug offenders fill your prisons, you don't even flinch. All our tax paying for your wars against the new non-rich.
1: I buy my crack, I smack my bitch right here on Polymuse. That's Prison Song by System of a Down. That's a classic S-tier record for you guys for the Polymuse podcast. Easy S.
0: You're Sing it out? Easy. That's wonderful, I'm Sing it out as well. No,
1: nothing no way about it there's no way this is not one of the greatest achievements of System of a Down
0: i like the writing I like what they're trying to express. I like that it's very unique in what they're both expressing and how they break it down in the construction of the song. And this is very System of a Down. This is what you get with System of a Down.
1: It's classic. It's very classic. Even among heavy metal, it's classic. Among punk rock, it's classic. Among political music. You got to put this one on there. This one is on the mixtape. It's on a lot of mixtapes. You start carving out time capsules and desert island mixtapes. You better have Prison Song on there.
0: So... We haven't hit all of our S-tier songs, obviously, but would this be in consideration for your opener on your mix CD?
1: That's an interesting conversation. I have not...
0: Not thought that far ahead yet? Not that far ahead yet.
1: Uh, There's always a part of me that would want it to be only chronological. Okay. But that would be strange as well. So perhaps I will (laughs) sequence it like an album of sorts. This is the best opener. If we think, I mean, think about System of a Down openers quickly. We got Soldier Side. We've got another Soldier Side. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. We've got Sweet sh- Pea. Sweet Pea, which is not as good as Prison Song.
0: We asked that one out, but this one, starting with the crashing and the silent, then you're though. whispering.
1: Yeah. Better for an opener though. You like Sweet Pea more? As no, an Prison Song. Okay, yeah. yeah that's yeah. what I'm saying. I, it's got to be the best of the five album opener. Yeah. So you'd consider. I'd consider that.
0: Okay, all right. That's all, <laughs> all I'm asking right now.
1: <laughs> I, it's also the only album opener that I asked out. I can probably tell you that because I don't even know what the opener of Steal This Album is.
0: That's, that's a fair point.
1: And I did not ask out. You did not ask out Sweet Pea. No. Soldier Side, even though it's. Oh, and I realize now pun there with the double s in that meaning as well (laughs) (laughs) yeah clever anyway let's talk about this song are we done with prison song
0: i'm done with prison song cool needles
1: another song to do on this episode of the poly music experience this is a song called needles this is a metaphorical song or a literal song how many levels deep is this metaphor and how much are they serious also Does this song rock or is it like goofball time? These are the questions (laughs) that System of Vidal poses on the Polymuse experience tonight, folks. We will get to the bottom of it. You and I, Michael, we will get to the bottom (laughs) of it. As he checks his notes. (laughs) As I
0: check my notes.
1: It's pull the tapeworm out of your ass. Pull the tapeworm out of your ass.
0: Well, so this song did cause an argument between the band. Uh, The tapeworm did cause an argument. As far as lyrical writing in this track, the my ass switching to your ass was an argument. It's being too finger-pointy. Is the audience pulling a tapeworm out of their ass? Is the band pulling the tapeworm out of their ass? There was a, a conflict over the writing in the song as to who's pulling what out of their ass here. Who's pulling the tapeworm out? <laughs> I think that was the tension of writing the album mm-hmm. and uh, you know, trying to be more successful. And, uh, you know, That was a very fine line in the writing of this song is to be finger-pointy and who's being critical of who here. Anyways, I hate
1: that kind of thing. Yeah, That's why that's, I understand why they broke up by that point, because when your <laughs> band is being that, I understand being meticulous about your writing, but when you can't collaborate meticulously and when mo- you got multiple people in the band that are just like, harping on every single turn of phrase and every single chord change like that it gets impossible so and that's kind of the vibe that i get from them nowadays where they talk about why they don't write together anymore so what does it even change it is a met so it's a metaphor does it change the metaphor one way or the other it's about being controlled it's about feeding your something inside of you that is evil and that is not yourself and that the or model What's the difference? It, it's rhetorical. Either way, isn't it the same meaning because he's just like a narrator? It's <laughs> yeah, like- pretty much.
0: He's- it's just whether it's it's yeah. kind of more directive at, at the listener or it's just kind of a direct you'd have to really be paying attention. You have to really be paying attention. Yeah. And it's just kind of And taking where it it's, seriously. Yeah, pretty much. I will
1: say this episode of the Polymuse experience is not FCC compliant at all. We're breaking multiple profanity rules. <laughs> you can say the word ass on the radio as long as nothing is going into or out of the ass. <laughs> so you can say like. Well, I that's can not say happening like to me right you're, now. So. You're an ass on the radio. <laughs> but I can't say like. Pull the tapeworm out of your ass. Oh my god! That would that would be a the feds would get mad about well, that. Well,
0: so, so now we're not compliant.
1: Well, we this is obviously an explicit episode.
0: Okay, what if we switched it to pull a tapeworm out of out, out of an ass? Are we going to argue about this right now? And break out of up an ass, band? out of your ass. Over I'm just wondering spot. which one's not compliant. <laughs> out of an ass. What if you pull well, a tapeworm it's even worse. out of?
1: because when i was on college radio we also couldn't do calls to action so you could not like tell people to do things you can't say like come on down to the show you can't say that cuz it's like telling someone to do something you have to be like we're having a show it'd be great if you could come so pull the taper out of your ass is not only profane it's also a call to action so we'd get in double trouble on college radio or whatever like nonprofit radio okay so it does matter. It's a turn of phrase. If it was pull the tapeworm out of my ass, he'd still couldn't say it on the radio. <laughs> and speaking of radio, let's treat your feet and your ear meat with some needles. That song rocks. Yes, I love that song. The riff is heavy. It's awesome that they both sing on it. I like that Darren sings more and more, and Darren kind of sings the bridge section by himself, and then Surge comes back. I love it when bands have multiple points of view, multiple vocalists. This riff is great. The construction of the song is great. Did we decide what it's about? It's about like control.
0: Parasite, control, living off you, feasting. Feeding. It's open to interpretation more than it could be like,
1: feeding your ego like feeding something inside of you that's like taking all your nutrients and then you're not actually n- nutritioning your soul.
0: Yeah, it could be a literal tapeworm.
1: It could be about a tapeworm. That's what I'm getting at. Is it cuz they sing about nonsense so frequently, but and and that's what I was wondering if there was arguments in the band of like we have too much political songs or we have too much like <laughs> s- songs about I think the, prostitutes and monkeys yeah. or whatever. Like, I th-
0: I think the adject- I think it's supposed to be more about some kind of political control or something getting in your mind as, a, as an an idea controlling you. And that's why the adjective was st- fought over more so than nonsense right (laughs) like you need to pull the bullshit out of your head get it out of your head and you you know depending on the adjective it sounds more like the person that's proclaiming that or the audience kind of depending on how it was written does that register with you i
1: kind of get it but only kind of okay that's why it deserves a b plus
0: I gave it a B, so I'm glad we're on the I same page, <laughs> at least on that. Pull the tapeworm out of... Just, yeah. <laughs>
1: is it that complicated? He says it a lot. He does. He says it about 50 times.
0: I think I get the message.
1: We understand it okay. here on the Polymuse podcast. We know like that, exactly yeah. what they were getting at. We know which ones are nonsense and which ones are real sense. Hopefully that made some real sense to you. We're going to keep cruising along with System of a Down track by track. Song by song. We are knee deep into the second System of the Down album now. We're going to keep
0: cruising, guys. Two songs a week. Just remember to pull those tapeworms out first. It's a pre prereq. And we'll be back to talk about something else exciting next time, I'm sure. <laughs>